Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Struggle Session. I'm Leslie the Third. I'm Jack Allison. And today we are joined by some special guests from a podcast that's about our topic for the day, which is the end of the world. I want to welcome David, Sean, and Chris from the Guys We're Screwed podcast. When exactly did you know that we were screwed? I mean, because it was kind of bold to name your podcast. <laughs> yeah, that, it is. That's like a statement yeah. in in and of itself. We This is something that we talked about a lot, like throughout our whole lives, but we kind of decided that maybe we're not the only ones that know that we're screwed and we should probably tell other people just so they can prepare, <laughs> tell their families that, oh, I just heard this podcast wow. and we're screwed, guys. Yeah, you've divined this unique knowledge, yeah. and yeah, it's good to it's good it's good to make everybody aware yeah. out there. It's important. I yeah, think. I, I'm realized there are three of you, so you should individually <laughs> introduce yourself so people know uh, okay. to get mad at if you have a bad take. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm David, and I ha I never have a bad take, so it's it's not going to uh, be. Oh, I'm Sean, and I I really disagree with that actually. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I'm Chris, and I am the king of bad takes. So oh shit, you will need to blame me. <laughs> He's honest. Wow. Perfect. Yeah, there we go. All right, good hierarchy <laughs> yeah. you have going on there. Uh, I asked you to pull together a list, everyone to pull together a list of some of their favorite, or I guess you would say maybe least favorite fictional apocalypses. Yeah, uh, I'll go first if you guys don't mind. I, I yeah, yeah, go ahead. I picked one. This is a book that I read uh, when I was 18, and I haven't read it since. So I have no idea if it holds up, but I remember The Stand by Stephen King really oh, sticking sure. with me. Okay. And it's like, yeah. and it's you know, it's, it's timely since we're all... Uh, you know, supposed to be, we're, well, not supposed to be, we're being attacked by this virus, and the stand is about a virus. Captain Trips right. is what they call it, and it's like, uh, actually, it actually is like a bioweapon that was designed by the American military, and it gets out and kills yeah. like 99.4% of the world. If COVID has showed us anything, is that like a real life virus of this uh, like size would not th this people would not pull together like, like they do in this book oh yeah no i think the thing that we've sh that we've seen from this last year is that the big flaw of of uh the stand is like anybody giving a shit about <laughs> the trips yeah. like yeah. honestly like that people are scared of it and like leaving towns and stuff and aren't instead just like fuck that i still yeah. want to go to cbs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, there was there was no there was no maskless chapter in the stand. There was no like mask <laughs> protest in right. the stand. Yeah, yeah. There's actually a new miniseries. Uh, I was actually just watching some of it uh, a few minutes ago. That's on uh, CBS All Access. Is it good? It's hard to say, right? Like, I was I've it, heard, I haven't heard good. Is things. it good or does it just have like James Marsden? <laughs> right. You know, like I, I can't. I, it's hard to really tell. Is it like a story where a bunch of stuff happens? Yeah, I like. Yeah. I, but I don't really know if it's good. I've never really known if the stand is good. I mostly I, I remember the old miniseries. I didn't read much of the book like is i i've never oh, really okay. i just never really got the into the book it. the book itself is i would say very engaging and it's like a really long and like it does have a very epic feel to it it's also very stupid yeah um, it's ultimately about like like good versus evil and a very yeah. direct like you know white and black kind of thing and it's like all the sinners go to like like Vegas, you know, yeah, it like yeah. becomes very much about like the good people versus the bad people. But with that said, I I love the stand because it's like you know usually you just get one side or the other uh, in like apocalypse stories. You either get like the post apocalypse or you get the like breakout happening or whatever. I like the stand doing like a gigantic long epic uh, yeah. about a post apocalypse, basically. Yeah, that's what I liked about it too, and I like it is very like black and white. Like they like because like yeah, the the bad people and Randall and Randall Flag is the villain, and I think that he right. shows up in the Dark Tower series. He as does, well. yeah, he does. Uh, but um, and he's and he's like kind of the villain where it's like he and he has no like sympathetic backstory. He just kind of shows up. He's, he's like, like the devil, those, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, he's like the devil. Yeah. And he's like, but he's like he's like one of those villains that's like charming that so you, you like love to hate him and it's very and a very classic. But he's but a, a very classic like uh, fashion. But yeah, all the good people go to Boulder, Colorado for some reason. I'm not sure what's like what's holy about <laughs> Boulder. Colorado. Well, isn't Boulder? <laughs> Boulder's really prominent in Stephen King novels, isn't it? Where's Where's uh the the Shining? No, Derry, Maine. It... I know Maine is oh, okay. very popular. Maine, yeah. Maine is usually where. But the he, uh, the the, the Shining though had that that uh, hotel there. Oh yeah, but 
The Shining is based on an actual hotel in yeah, Colorado. That's what yeah, I was thinking. Uh, based on, yeah. So I guess maybe Stephen King's idea, maybe if this is just people in Maine, like their dream is to like go to Colorado. <laughs> like like other people like dream of like retiring in Florida, Hawaii. But if you grow up in Maine, it's like, you know, it would be a little warmer. Colorado. They just really yeah, want to yeah, ski. Warm my bones a little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I like the stand because it's an epic adventure, but also... Uh, there's one part that really stuck out to me, and it's the part, it's like the, there's like a whole chapter on like the incidental deaths, which is like people that survived the plague, yeah. but they die like afterwards. And like these, like one woman uses the plague to like steal some money and then change her identity, but she ends up dying by getting locked in a freezer or something. Oh. And like, and like a, ba- a, a little girl falls into a well and she doesn't get out. Well, when I reread that part, it reminded me of the Avengers because the Avengers, like the snap, the snap didn't show. <laughs> right. Uh, pilot uh, planes crashing from pilot disappearing or like a like a like a doctor anything happening at all (laughs) yeah it's just like five years later oh everyone's alive okay cool that's so like i I did like that aspect that darker aspect of this apocalypse where it's like yeah this is going to be pretty bad the stand really gives you the feeling of the whole world falling apart like with little things like that and also just with like how sprawling it is like checking in with people in different states and stuff like that Right, yeah, the real like it has a real ensemble cast feel to it. Yeah, yeah. I love the book cover though. I love uh, the original book cover. I think it's one of the the dancing guy or whatever. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's such a weird cover. Yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, that's, that's a good. That's a good uh, apocalypse world. My choice is um, from the 2008 sci-fi trilogy, Remembrance of Earth's Past by uh, Liu Cixin. I don't know if you guys have read the Three Body Problem trilogy. I don't or... know it. Oh, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, it came I into have. the news recently, you know, with the guy being poisoned um, with the tea. Mm-hmm. There's kind of two scenarios that uh, that go on. I'll, I'll talk about one first. One is for humans on Earth, and then the other one is for an alien civilization known as the Trisolarans. Um, just really briefly about the books. I think they're they're great. And they've they've got a whole lot of stuff that is really exciting and I think works for sci-fi. So there's, you know, things like uh, people being cryogenically frozen. You've got some cultural revolution in there, um, falling in love with an imaginary friend and like sawing a boat in half with nanofibers, which is really is really cool. We actually <laughs> want to do our own three body episode, um, but we haven't finished reading the books except David. So we'll. I haven't finished the third one yet. I'll say, of all the things you listed, the falling in love one works the least. The falling in love one that is the one that is the most yeah. weird of all of them. I had to keep everyone on their toes. I'd love, yeah. I'd love to talk about it more because it's like it's not even an interesting or compelling falling in love with an imaginary friend. It just came off to me as like super kind of hokey. I. It's very, it's yeah. very corny, and it comes in the second book too, where you're. And I was like so stoked off the first yeah. book, and then the start of the second book, I'm like, this shit is couldn't be whacker. To me. <laughs> but to be it, honest, it with made you. me wish that the Earth was going through an apocalypse, <laughs> just to get rid of this. The rest, the books are really good though, and they do have really, really interesting ideas. Yeah, I think, I think so. the The first one that I want to talk about isn't the Earth apocalypse, but in fact, the apocalypse scenario that's facing the Trisolarans. Um, and because I think that one is, is one of my favorites, but also I guess fits into the category of one that's least likely to happen on earth, uh, for reasons that will become, uh, very obvious. So the Trisolarans, as the name suggests, it's, uh, they, they live in a solar system with three suns and it is a fucked up solar system for sure. Um, so what happens in their solar system because of the way that it's configured, I don't want to give away too much for people who haven't read it. Uh, the, the, their planet is kind of experiencing these random fluctuations in climate. And you're kind of wavering between what are called stable eras and chaotic eras. And in stable eras, everything's okay. The climate is conducive to life. But when a chaotic era comes and you have no idea when it's coming, shit just kind of goes wild. Uh, so there's rapid, massively fluctuating temperatures, extreme heat that like melts the surface of the earth and then going to extreme cold and like pitch black darkness, sometimes even within like minutes of each other. And it's it's terrifying. And not only that, it gets worse. There's also another scenario in which basically the, the entire planet is torn into pieces. 
cosmic apocalypse. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's just a bad. It's yeah. just a bad setup for a planet. Like, what if your planet was just like in the Sisyphus position, right. like a bad you know? neighborhood? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. You're just born. They're there. in a bad cosmic neighborhood. And it, I can relate, honestly. Shit, I live in New Jersey. That's... Um, the Trisolarns, though, they do get it figured out. They, uh, I believe, uh, dehydrate their bodies until they become husks to get through the uh, chaotic eras. Yes, and so in the hundreds of times that they've faced these apocalyptic situations, they've been able to kind of evolve this unique capability to dehydrate themselves and basically stick it out. Um, I, I like this a lot because there's almost like a poetic quality to it. Uh, so going in between hot and cold is kind of what we associate with the passing of seasons is kind of very natural. Uh, but they're, you know, like, like we mentioned, they, they kind of got the short end of the stick. They're stuck in this kind of cruel, like randomized version of the seasons. Uh, and it's really depressing. You almost feel bad for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, that's a very, very interesting uh, uh, post-apocalypse. You're right. Uh, uh, and it also does kind of lead to, uh, I suspect, the other post-apocalypse you're about to bring yes. up from, from the book. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I will go into that one later, I think. I'm really interested. I, I really wish I could dehydrate myself for like a hundred years <laughs> and just see what yeah. happens later. <laughs> this year, this year, honestly, could just because of the COVID spike, I was like, I wish I could hibernate this year. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. can you imagine if you had like hibernated and then woke up and you were like, oh, they stormed the Capitol. That was oh. pretty. That was pretty <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chris, oh, would you uh, just mentioning? It reminded me of the HP uh, Lovecraft story. I forget. Maybe it's not Whisper in the Darkness. It's about the uh, the great race, the one that's about the great race. And there's these race of beings that can project their minds far into the future. So they don't have to hibernate. They can just project their minds right. into the oh. bodies of creatures in the far uh, sentient beings in the far future and migrate into the future uh, that way just by taking over their bodies. That sounds awesome, actually. <laughs> I'd be terrified <laughs> to do that right now. Like that, that the way things well, are going. Well, the yeah. story the story is actually about how those beings like took over the body of this dude who's just like a professor and like takes over his life for like ten years and he comes back and like his wife has left. Him. He's gotten fired from his job, and everybody <laughs> hates him because this alien has taken over the bo- his body, and all he did was like read books all day and like not talk to anybody because he was trying to learn about the human race. Dang. Does he does he kill himself like ninety percent of H.P. Lovecraft's protagonists? <laughs> like they just they're like at the describing insanity and they're about to kill themselves, but they have to tell you their story. Well, he actually <laughs> does not. I think he he's one of the few who actually survives because he goes through the worst of it before. It's like having his and when he his body is taken over, he gets transferred back to the past into this alien body. And he's like, "What the fuck? I'm like a like a like a mushroom <laughs> oh. eggplant sort of a thing <laughs> now." Like. Completely creepy shit. Damn. <laughs> so what I decided to go with was an older movie. I guess it's a cult classic because it didn't do that good when it originally came out. It was actually Reign of Fire from 2002, which, oh, of course. Oh, Dragon Apocalypse. Yeah, which is, which yeah. is, <laughs> which is weird because I was going to say they, they usually don't. I don't know. I, don't, I haven't seen a lot of Dragon Apocalypse movies, at least since then. I mean, I can't even think of one off the top of my head. Um, and the. Probably because of how well Rain of Fire did. Yeah, I know. <laughs> They're like, we're going to make more. And like, okay, no, we're not. <laughs> yeah, but it is such an interesting idea because you usually don't... First of all, you usually think of dragons as it taking place in like medieval times in the past. Right. I guess with Dark Souls is apocalyptic medieval story. It and is, There's lots yeah. of dragons. Mm-hmm. But like Rain of Fire and like Dark Souls are one of the few things to like make dragons at least in western media that like says like no if dragons will like destroy the entire fucking planet uh and take it over because you usually think of them as like animals who live in some sort of balance with nature but reigns of fire is like very it like substitutes dragons for like zombies which puts them in like the zombie pretty maybe the godzilla position yeah, I, exactly. And I mean, like, it's weird. I was just thinking about it. the movie didn't do well, and it has a huge good cast. You know, Christian Bale, no shirt, you know, super young Gerard <laughs> Butler, Matthew McConaughey, super jacked, which was, like, nuts. Um, but, like, I don't know. I mean, 
I I I was going to give a super quick background, but I'm mostly focused on the apocalypse thing. And and I was going to say, hey, I could be spoiler free with this, but I mean, this thing's been out for 18 fucking years. So if you haven't seen it, I think you're. Fine. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I know. it's like my bad. But it's just so you know the, this kid Quinn Abercrombie, quite a Christian Bale. Um, he goes to a mine uh, to visit his mom because kids are allowed in mines in England, I guess. And they put him in this. They make him go into this hole in the wall again. I don't know why the hell you would do that. I let a kid go into a hole in the wall, finds the dragon, and then people die. Fast forward to 2020, which is funny. And then, so you meet everybody there, basically. Um, but dragons have completely decimated the earth. They're living in this large castle sort of fortress area, um, and they're running out of food, which I guess would be the case. Aside from the dragons hunting you, you got to worry about the food, you know, your food source. Um, and the dragons feed on the people, but they also feed on ash, which I didn't really understand that because I mean, like they, I saw them eating people, and then they would like burn them and eat the ash. So I don't know, I don't know what semblance that was. So I guess that's a plot hole there. Um, it just could be a preparation thing. Yeah, know? I know. Just like you get them to a crisp and eat them. Exactly, know? like what I do with my food yeah. usually. So that's that's perfect. <laughs> um, but they have like really cool flame retardant gear, which is like akin to hazmat suits. Um, and their whole, you know, uh, they have a farm off site for whatever reason i'm not sure why maybe the land is more fertile out there that gets destroyed and then you get to meet denton van zan who is mcconaughey and you know he's like the dragon hunter or whatever he, he's an american uh military guy in england and he has this dragon hunting helicopter parachute team and there's this really cool <laughs> there's this really cool scene where <laughs> The scene's cool, but they use this sick-ass PS1 graphics mapping, and I was like, I'm pretty sure the PS2 was out then, so they could at least gotten to that. <laughs> but um, that's how they that's how they capture them, but to or capture or kill them. But to focus on the actual apocalypse of the story, or the, uh, it's basically the dragons are ancient beings, and they live in cycles of pure destruction, and then they they feed, and then they hibernate uh, when they consume all their prey. Um, and you come to find out basically that they're the ones who actually killed off the dinosaurs. Um, so it wasn't the asteroid in this universe. And they're kind of parasitic, I guess. And they don't really have an origin story for this, another plot hole. And they only have, you know, they only have these cycles of destruction. What I did think was cool, though, they kind of described the morphology of the dragons. Basically, they actually attempted to give a biological description of their breathing attribute, where they have those two glands in their neck and they secrete the two liquids mixed with the air and the oxygen, and then you get like yeah. a napalm, you know? That was that was cool. I, I like that. And that's what I remember in the, you know, a long time ago. I was like, okay, they, they're actually trying here, I guess. So what do you actually think the odds are that if dragons, those dragons <laughs> attack the Earth, that our military, our combined military might, <laughs> would not be able to put them down? I mean, we could just, what, are we going to nuke the dragons? I feel like they should be vulnerable to ballistic weapons. Like, I, even if they're fireproof, like, you sing a hunk of metal through a dragon, it should die. Or, I mean, yeah, they, they, they shot them down from the sky, so it, it seems like they could just mow them down with, with some kind of modern-day weapon without any issues. I think the challenge for our military in real life is building a plane that's going to actually fly. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, that, like, that's, that's the problem we're facing <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah, they would definitely outfly. We have a lot of flightless planes. <laughs> like our yeah. craft. Yeah, I, I, yeah that, that would be difficult. That's why they had the helicopter in there, but that helicopter could barely keep up or, or ahead of it at all. So there's only one male for this. So if, if there was an apocalyptic scenario with one male, I mean, they'd be like, okay, just kill the male. That's the whole thing. They're like fish. They, they, you know, spread their, their seed over the eggs and fertilize them. And they, the weirdest thing, too, I thought was one of the funniest things is they're vulnerable at magic hour. So dusk or dawn. Like, that's just a weird evolutionary trait to have happen. It's like, okay, you're fucked. Like, come on. I don't know. I just think it could have been written well, better. magic hour is the... Magic hour is the time where girls take pictures, and that's the golden hour. Women yeah, take pictures. That's, that's, that's the golden <laughs> hour. Damn, they, they look good now. Yeah, so I just... Basically... A world with dragons as a world ender. And I kind of wanted to compare here, too, because you had mentioned, like, other scenarios where it could be better. So I say dragons suck, and I always say people try to romanticize, like, 
the zombie apocalypse. Like David, you've even said, man, that'd be dope. I say, fuck that. I don't, I don't <laughs> think it would be fun, but, but I definitely don't think you'd want dragons is all I'm saying. So, well, well, well let's get into it. Cause that is the looming uh, question of the, especially in the post nine 11 world, the dominant uh, form of apocalyptic uh, thought has, you know, been the zombie is, you know, petered out in the past few years but the walking dead is still going and they have like yeah. three spinoffs and they're doing movies and all sorts of shit so that it's still in our in our consciousness and in, in our psyche there and so my pick was actually a new zombie thing that actually i found you know fairly uh interesting and because it showed a part of the apocalypse that you almost r never see and that's a uh, black summer which is a show starring uh, Jamie King. It was is technically um is technically a spinoff of Z Nation, which is like a really bad zombie show, like yeah. a really cheesy mm -hmm. bad. But this one is like a really like more serious, like dour and like intense and lots of action zombie show. And what I found in, find interesting about it is it doesn't take place when the zombies are first you know coming and attacking. And in fact, it suggests that like those big scenarios where like you know everybody is being mauled by zombies in like the first day probably wouldn't happen it would probably be weeks before you would see a zombie actually you know i think it it, it actually make, is lines up very similar to like covid where it's just like this long ongoing thing and illness that slowly starts you know spiraling out of control so it takes place like while society is still mostly functioning but you know kind of falling apart and not after society has been re rebuilt and it's just like this kind of it's kind of when like people start to realize like this is not going back and it's not going away and it's just a really like Tense, very, very good uh, show. I highly recommend it. One of the few good things on Netflix. It's like two two years old, and they never advertise. But it's one of the few good things uh, on Netflix. And it's just like, uh, but you know, bringing it more broadly, what does everyone think about zombie mean? Is it tired? Are you tired of it? Are you, do you still find things interesting in it? What does the zombie apocalypse mean to you? And also, do you think it? would be awesome to live through the zombie <laughs> apocalypse because i i actually do see some of the appeal because in like black in black summer at this point like you can just go in anyone's house and sleep after a few weeks in the zombie <laughs> apocalypse right like no, that yeah. is cool <laughs> yeah. right like yeah, you can yeah. just go anywhere you want and yeah, do anything yeah. you want uh, that that is kind of cool yeah uh i haven't seen black summer but i have seen the first i, I saw the first season of z nation and I remember that being very, like, it was entertaining because of how cheesy yeah. it was. But, yeah, I haven't seen Black Summer. Uh, like, I watched the first few seasons of The Walking Dead. I thought that was good, but I stopped. And then I just played The Last of Us 2, which I know you guys did an oh, episode yes. on recently. And um, great episode, by the way. Thank and I, I loved that. The, the that game And that game is also similar where it's not, like, that game takes place, you know, like, 20 years yeah, after yeah. The, the, where the world's still recovering, kind of. Um but yeah, I so I it depends. I guess it just it depends on the premise for me. If it's like if it's just like another like I don't know Day of the Dead where one bite turns into the whole world dying, I'm kind of over it. But yeah. if there's like a new yeah. way to look at it, then I'm I'm I, I could jump. Yeah, back I in. kind of agree. I think it's really dependent on the like individual thing. You know, I still love a Day of the Dead mm -hmm. or something like that. But just these never-ending fucking Walking Dead shows. I I yeah. oh yeah. I I, I can't even. It's just like mind numbing to look at those shows to me. Yeah, I've tried. I tried to watch other ones or spinoffs. I didn't even watch that that new one, the the Beyond Walking Dead or whatever, where it's like teen uh, the, like mom the it's like the YA one. It's <laughs> so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't do that. I actually found Black Summer because I randomly I was just like fuck it uh, on Pluto TV. They have like a Walking Dead station that just plays random episodes. So I just put on a random episode to, of like I think Fear the Walking Dead. See if I maybe I could get into it like a normal normal human being remember when tv shows would just come on and then you would just watch them you didn't have yeah. to go to the first yeah. <laughs> uh ep get the streaming link to the first episode and watch it in order so i tried that with fear the walking dead and it was kind of okay but then it led me uh the algorithm led me to black summer and it was like actually you know really surprisingly good but i i do want to ask uh everyone how you know if 
a zombie apocalypse actually went down how do you think it would go down because there's been so many you know variations like what do you think if all of a sudden people are turning into zombies and and we'll even add the walking dead thing where everyone who dies turning into the zombies there's no fucking hiding out or yeah. quarantine or like the shit is just going on or even like a crossed scenario uh if you're familiar with cross jack did you do the crossed episode with me the cross comic book I definitely read Cross, okay. so I assume yeah, that yeah. it was for that. Yeah, that was yeah, a while yeah. ago, yeah. Um, Cross but... is good. Cross brings something new to the whole thing. And again, I'm like, I'm almost like, you know, what Cross uh, is like, is like... Let, yeah, let's explain what Cross is. So Cross basically says that, so it's basically a zombie scenario, but these zombies maintain all the intelligence... Oh, not necessarily intelligence, but knowledge that they have, mm -hmm. but they're mm -hmm. completely driven to torture, mutilate, sexually assault, and kill absolutely anything that moves. Damn. Right? So yeah. they are basically zombies, but they can, like, use guns. And if they knew how to fly a fighter jet before, they knew how to fly now. <laughs> now, they probably won't get <laughs> to there because they're just so fucked up and, you know... And like, just like, will kill like on site and have no discipline or anything. Like, don't wear clothes or anything like that. But they will like never ever stop coming. You can't like out, even outsmart them or anything. Uh, that is absolutely terrifying. I yeah. I think I I the. It's interesting you mentioned that because I, um, I know that in some recent episode, uh, we brought up what what I think would be an inseparable part of a zombie apocalypse in the post-COVID world, and that is the denial that anything's even happening. So I think we were talking about, like, Train <laughs> to Busan when there was, you know, there was an, an obvious kind of zombie apocalypse type of situation that was occurring, and the local city government denied that anything was out of the ordinary. I, I used to think that that was bullshit whenever I see it in like a zombie movie or something. I used to think that no way would people just like ignore it or like just go about their <laughs> lives. But I recent months have suggested that may not be the case. Yeah, I yep. completely agree. So that would probably be my my thinking is that, yeah, we would definitely have a some sort of like denial misinformation kind of cons conspiracy about how the the zombie apocalypse is a fake pandemic. It's a crisis actor <laughs> right. scenario. <laughs> They'd be like people lining up to get bit to prove that it's not real. Like, look, I'm going to let them bite me. It's not, it's not, nothing's going to happen. Don't worry about it. It's not, it's, 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 it's hoax. You know, the, them, them holding guns, you were saying, and having the ability to, to use weapons and things like that. This isn't like uh, Resident Evil 6, is it? Where they're like, that was the, the, the worst Resident Evil game that was ever created. <laughs> whoa, whoa, we don't take any Resident Evil 6 slander. All Resident Evils are great. All the mainline ones. Some are yeah, better that than one, others. That one is actually, was more fun after, I feel like, I don't know, one maybe Leon's was more fun. I can't remember, actually. I only played it once, but. Yeah, it was um, actually Leon's scenario that had the guns, but they didn't pick them up and sh they weren't. They just had them, right? Like they, they just, got, like they were just kind of wildly shooting. I yeah. thought that was actually kind of a cool. Uh, no, in Cross, they like actually used them, but it's. I mean, it's worth taking a brief moment to talk about Resident Evil, both the games yeah. and the movies, because uh, they've been some of the most prominent zombie uh, media. And I'm a huge fan of both the. Uh, games and the movies and I do like yeah. it when it gets apocalyptic it's not all Resident Evil isn't always a zombie apocalypse it's just zombies in like yeah. a house that yeah, you yeah. have to that's deal true. with yeah <laughs> that's true. It, it was like an innovation when Resident Evil 2 was like we're gonna take out make zombies in the whole city it, people were like whoa what the fuck you yeah do outside yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm glad they remade that game in, in three Th those were Fucking awesome. And I'm really looking forward to the, you know, I think they're going to redo 4 is what they were saying, which 4 was great when that came out. And then Resident Evil 8 looks pretty damn good, too. Now, I wish that they would redo Code Veronica, but that's <gasps> only my yeah. that's only my <laughs> personal stuff. <laughs> I agree. Should have been Resident Evil 3. Should have been Resident Evil 3, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Code Veronica Code Veronica is great. Yeah. The, just the villain in that is good. And yeah, I like I like Resident Evil. I, I, I like the, the video game and the movies for different reasons, obviously. Cause, oh, yeah. Like, I don't I don't know that they couldn't be like they could be any more different because mm -hmm. like, you know, the games are kind of 
claustrophobic and you have to there's item management and the movies are the movies have like magic powers yeah like, there's like, See, like the there's movies like, are great actually they're like yeah, kind of perfect yeah. like they're kind of like almost perfect prototypical 2000s era post matrix like action yes. movies yeah. like I, and i love yeah. that shit i love like the super leather way too much effects and like <laughs> bullet vision post matrix <laughs> action movies really? yeah yeah for sure and Definitely. it's worth noting that the last four movies in that series take place after the world is ended. Like, I know, it's, it, I, right. it's like It's like only like maybe Planet of the Apes can you compare that to to just like yeah. linger in a world that's dead and still kind of find interesting th- ways to do it. I guess The Walking Dead is trying, but uh, Too it's not much nearly now. as interesting. <laughs> yeah. Walking Dead, I swear yeah, to God, that... is just like people want to watch people get shot on television. Like <laughs> Walking Dead has the same ratings as and if Eden, it would be legal. Eden Jack. They want to watch yeah, people get eaten. Truly, to be fair. I think it has the same ratings as if it was legal to just have like people being shot like in a in a coliseum. <laughs> you know, like it literally has the exact same ratings. Yeah. <laughs> it's not wrong. Yeah, and that's what the the move the Resident Evil movies are so good because they all take place in very distinct settings. Like three is like in the desert, and then like. Think four or five is just on a giant ship. Oh, and yeah, one, like, yeah one's it, it, on a ship. Uh, one's in like a, a like a city, like but like a, a like a prison, a prison. They have one in the prison and yeah. the rooftop. One's in like a training scenario that's underground. Yeah, that under umbrella. Created. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whereas The Walking Dead is just like, oh, I guess we found another Midwest or Northeast city to live in. Like, yeah, it, it just and really it's weird. all it's in Georgia like, just... too. It's all in Georgia. Yeah, Georgia. Okay. It's a beautiful place, but uh, it is just one yeah. place. <laughs> 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 Pro zombie apocalypse. Well, not. I don't want it to actually happen. See, I, told, I, I know. I, like, I know it. I, I know enjoy... it. He's saying it. He wants it to happen. I can feel it. <laughs> well, I, I like to. I like. I like to imagine myself as like some sort of badass survivor, but I'd probably get bitten right away. I'd, I'd, I'd almost certainly die right away. You know, away. the, uh, the, one of the Trump, you know, rioters, yeah, we're recording this the day after that happened. The one who tased himself to death on his nuts, like the one who died from tasing himself to death on his nuts. And the picture, the picture of him at home with him, with all his guns and shit, if you zoom in, there's a World War Z on the on the table. Oh, um, Max Brooks' oh, World War Z is just sitting out on the coffee table. <laughs> <He's a prepper. laughs> I've never actually read that book, but it I feel... actually stinks. To be honest with you, uh, it's written really mm. weird. It's like not a it's not a narrative. It's just a collection of a bunch of stories of like the Earth falling to zombies, pretty much. It's it's not it's like but, not that. But good. also like how they fight, how they found the will to fight back to right right there's like a scenario where they just say all right fuck south africa or something like that well, like i was reminded yeah. today that what happens in the book is that china falls immediately because they can't coordinate a response to the virus <laughs> wow that's, that's so unbelievable <laughs> and, and then israel handles it like the best of everybody by like oh, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> I guess we should we should super I want to superimpose that part with just the party in Wuhan like the rave the three day rave that just happened in Wuhan yeah. where they're like there's like a water slide and they're just going crazy. Like, it's you guys, funny. My but... my mother in law said to me this morning and she's she's Chinese. She said, um, "You're the laughing stock of the whole world right now." Wow. And what I was like, fuck? you know what? Wow. You're 100 percent right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we are. What are you gonna really say? Are. Yeah. That's sad. And hey, we like it that way. We're fucking clowns. <laughs> We're the clown nation, yeah. baby. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, Jack, did you uh, have an apocalypse for us? This is just because I have been replaying it. I bought it uh, uh, on the Steam sale. Uh, but it's such a compelling post-apocalypse to me is uh, uh, Death Stranding. I've been oh, playing yeah. a little bit lately. Oh, I've Death Stranding uh, is a very, in- it's, it's a shocking one. Because it's a very inventive and weird uh, uh, post-apocalyptic world uh, that in the time since it came out like two years ago suddenly became a lot less weird. 
You know, yeah. when it came mm-hmm. out in 2018, right. this is like what a weird <laughs> and foreign thing. This post-apocalyptic world where everyone stays indoors and it's just like delivery guys going around empty, like decimated countryside and delivering packages to people. And now, like two years later, I'm well, like one Hideo year, uh, 2000. Well, I guess technically two years. Uh, I guess one, it was 2019, probably, November 2019. It came out. then literally one year yeah. later. Truly, like, <laughs> like he actually beat it by like a few months. He was like. He came out in November and then like COVID and everyone was like, oh, kind of weird. Like, what an interesting. I wonder what Hideo's trying to say with this. And then like eight months later, it's like, oh, OK, we're, we just live in Death Stranding now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hideo is like Paul Atreides. Like he, he tried to warn us that this is going to happen. And uh, we did not listen. Yeah. He has the sight. He's uh, he's, yeah. he's got the unfortunate burden of, uh, of the sight. Yeah, can't, he knows. Can't you throw like your own piss and shit at things in that too? You can. That? You, that's a, another uh, uh, thing that almost like foresaw everything is that the greatest weapon is like your bodily fluids <laughs> uh, in um, in Death Stranding. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a really Just fascinating like life, yeah. world, um, and it does kind of feel like a little. It's very weird, and you're kind of uh, uh, just a representative of. The world seems to have been taken over by delivery companies, basically, in Death Stranding. And then as you think about it, you're like, that is kind of what has happened, to be honest with you. It's like Amazon, like everything has been taken over just by like three logistics companies that take care of everything. (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, uh, Death Stranding is a very interesting and imaginative, you know, apocalypse world that kind of like almost lives in kind of like magic a little too because it's like people are no longer dying and they're still they're still existing as like ghosts and all this kind of shit uh it's a very weird and like almost like lynchian kind of post-apocalypse i really enjoy it yeah i haven't played it but i I listened to your guys's first impressions episode and i really i still want to play it but it seems so interesting that like because like all i've said is like People have told me like, yeah, all you do is deliver packages, and it's the funnest game I've ever played in my life. So it's like, it's just really, <laughs> it's weird especially thing. relaxing. I don't know why, but yeah, I've I found it relaxing in COVID, just because maybe we're not allowed to go outdoors at all. That mm. I'm like, oh, it's kind of nice to just like go at, be go on a big long walk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the thing, the thing is, like, you know, when you're playing the Stranding, even though it's like this brutal, dark, post-apocalyptic where most people have died and like there's basically as far as you can tell like no real hope for a future for humanity like event like the lights are going out on us but there's still like a great joy in playing it because like you're working a job that has purpose you're not getting a bunch of shit from customers in fact all the customers are <laughs> super nice you, to you they're like you're you're a legend you're the legendary delivery guy thank you for saving this world like, even your delivery company i get is like a co-op you know like yeah. like like it, it and it, all of it is just and even talking about like why people look forward to a zombie scenario there's some people who just look forward to shooting people but there's also some people who i think look forward to like being able to do work with a purpose having a, yeah. a purpose having a community again and it's so sad that we think the world has to end and most of us have to die brutally before we can ever get to that right. sort of way of <laughs> life yeah yeah i didn't realize it's a it's such a like a workers rights game and now i don't <laughs> want to play it even more that's I mean, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's great, and it does feel like you know maybe it's good prep for for the only type of job that will be available pretty soon. <laughs> <That's>, yeah, <laughs> it's exciting. Um, yeah, I have one more. Uh, unless anyone else wants to go for, I think it's, I have one more. And then Chris, you have one more. I well, do, you have yeah. to finish yours, Chris, right? Yeah. yeah why don't you, oh, yeah, uh, Chris, go, go and you, uh, Dave, and then we'll uh, close it out. Okay. okay go so ahead, uh, going back to the three body trilogy. Um, it reserves a nice little apocalypse for Earth. We talked about the Trisolaran one and now. And really on its face, it just seems like your run-of-the-mill kind of space invasion apocalypse. Kind of, you know, like Mars attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a bit of a twist. And I think this is what makes it really interesting. Because the space invasion is has been done and redone. But what the Trisolarans do... Uh, instead of just showing up and and commencing to destroy, they send these like 
11-dimensional supercomputers to Earth first, these mm-hmm. things called SOFONs. Um, and the SOFONs do things like collect intelligence and report back to the mothership using quantum entanglement, so you can do it instantaneously. Uh, they can cause people to hallucinate and like lose their shit and disrupt particle accelerators. Uh, uh, but mm-hmm. what, what's really cool about it is they, the Trisolans are using SOFONs because it's going to take them several centuries to reach Earth. They know it's going to take them a long time. They don't have light speed travel. So they have to find a way to ensure that humanity cannot defend itself against the impending attack. Um, and so that whole concept is is really interesting. The Sophons are there basically to like keep Earth at its like current level of like scientific discovery, right. which I thought was really interesting. It's like we know that we can hold them at this point. If they're not able to get past this thing with particle accelerators because the Sophons are destroying other particle accelerators, then they'll never be able. So they're like the 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 Trisolarans basically like cap them, uh, cap the like knowledge level that humans can get to uh, uh, so that they'll be on like an equal playing field. And I also think that's a really interesting thing, Chris, that the book does, too. Uh, uh, is that it does make the invasion like 400 years in the future. So it's like it's not so it's not only about like the panic of what it would be like to be invaded, but like the 400 years of human evolution with the mentality that you're going to be invaded. And, you know, uh, uh, this like space fleet is coming at you. It's really really great. So it kind of is almost like a a treatment in what the psychological effect would be of of impending doom. Whereas if, you know, if it's like a, a scenario where they show up and then, you know, the the lasers start coming out, you know, you don't really have a time to to stop and reflect, like, you know, how do I feel about this apocalypse as it's happening? And so the, mm-hmm. this way is, is kind of a really uh, good way to explore it. Um, I like the, I like the fact that the 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 aliens are kind of playing the long game. And I, I appreciate mm-hmm. that a lot. And the like you said, this this apocalyptic scenario playing out over several centuries builds up a lot of tension, and it gives you a sense. It makes you think about. Well, I wonder, I wonder what I would be doing. Or I wonder what kind of our version of humanity would be doing in the in the same type mm-hmm. of situation mm-hmm. where you you know it's happening far in the future, uh, but you also know that um, life is meaningless because. Uh, you know, it, it won't happen to my children, but eventually my progeny will experience it. So why do anything? Why, you know, uh, have a productive society? Why procreate? Why, why do any of it? It's good. It's a, it's a, it's a very interesting book series. I got to get through the third one. I really, uh, I really, now that we're talking about it again and I'm like, fuck, I got to finish that third book. I have to, I have <laughs> yeah, to start that, it. The third one is, the third one's dense, but I liked it. Yeah. It's the, the the last two books are so different than the first one, but they're but they're real. I like them a lot. They're, and the first book, since it's it takes place in China, it actually describes an actual struggle session in the very beginning. It does. So there it you does. Go. Yeah. It does. It, the politics of it like are, stay like vague enough that they're not bad politics. <laughs> I think yeah. in the books. Yeah, they 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 kind of they kind of both sides it a little bit in the very they beginning, do, yeah. and then it kind of drops off altogether. Yeah, they don't really. I noticed that as it went as it went on because I'm I'm reading it in the. Chinese, and I. Oh yeah, so I noticed in the very beginning, it's it reads kind of like a you know uh, modern Chinese cinema kind of reading of the the Cultural Revolution, where it's obviously this is uh, very nasty, kind of like not pro party, and certainly not like the the party line. But in the later on, and in like the second book and stuff, there's some. I had a sense that there were certain kind of political attitudes that were more aligned with kind of modern mainland China in a way that I kind of got that contrast where in the beginning it's like, oh, this is going to be super critical. Maybe this person is like a dissident or something. And then by the end of the first book and into the second book, I was like, ah, eh, no, I don't think so. I mean, I, I certainly think that part of what makes like the series interesting is that it's like a big sci-fi series, not from the American yes. perspective, not from the like America is immediately going to save the day perspective. Exactly. Like it's a little interesting that, you know, to see it's like NATO is leading the charge yeah. and shit, you know, not uh, yeah. <laughs> the UN uh, is involved. It's not just like Amer- the American president says, like, let's go ahead and nu- nuke it. <laughs> <laughs> no Armageddon uh, scenario. No Armageddon. 
Armageddon. Yeah. No. More of a America's deep impact. Just kind of there Sorry, sometimes. Liv Tyler. Just one of the countries yeah. that's like involved. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, I kind of I ended my list with the very American Alien Apocalypse, a movie Independence Day, okay. came out yeah. in 1996. I saw it in theaters when I was eight years old, and it was like the first movie that I was like blown away by. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, this is what movies can be, <laughs> and like. And it's also kind of the perfect 90s action movie because it has like a big scary enemy that was kind of a stand-in for like war, which is like a, 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 a trope of 90s action movies we had back. Like America had to have someone to fight. It might as well be aliens. <laughs> and it's, it's not a, an original observation, but these, these movies kind of went away after 9-11. It's, it's this big scary enemy that's invading us rather than like, I, I think it's like one of those things where we're trying also trying to deal with the psychology of our like imperialist past where it's like, well, this is happening to us, it's, so it's okay if we fight back, or we're, we're actually the heroes. It's it's really interesting, but also um, it has huge set-piece destructions. It has awesome characters like Bill Pullman, the president, who's like in the very beginning being criticized for being too good at being president, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> because you, you can't have, like, back then you couldn't have, like, a you couldn't have an actual flawed character, but you had to have some tension, so it's just like, oh, you're just... You're just too good at your job. People hate you, and, and so that's that's what it sounded like. Um, then you had like you had a uh, uh, Will Smith, who's like the cocky pilot. One of the many times that Hollywood tried to like recreate Han Solo, but I think that this is like one of the better ones. I like mm-hmm. I liked Will Smith's character. Um, his you know his best friend dies right away, so he's got a score to settle with these aliens. Oh, it's a um, super solid like that movie just moves. Yeah, moves yeah, so solid. <laughs> Yeah, and you've got Jeff Goldblum, like the handsome nerd, who comes up with like the insanely simple plan to save the world. Yeah. Like, the, like just hack just it ridic- with a like it's- iMac. Well, <laughs> also, so nineties too is like give yeah. it a computer virus. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all we. That's all. That's all we've got to do. And like Jeff Goldblum's, it, he's also a character that's flawed because he's divorced, but they're getting back together. So it's like it's like one of those things where it's like it, it was just the nineties morality in movies was hilarious. Yeah, I like the aliens are actually pretty cool looking like the bony face really free or i guess it's, it was like their spacesuit but kind of organic yeah really freaked me oh, out as yeah. a kid and don't you only see them for like a second like when you're like yeah when they not, go not into the much. ship and then of course in yeah, the sequel when... we see them all the time and there's a big giant one that's the size of a building oh the sequel is so bad it's one of the worst the movies chasing after a fucking school bus but whatever <laughs> I, I watched the sequel and i cannot remember a minute of it i watched the entire thing and i it, it just out of my brain now whereas like i remember every single scene in independence day one and i haven't seen it in like 10 years yeah but like uh the second one i don't remember at all um, like the only cool thing about it was they had this thing where i don't know if they're this vaguely african like like militia you know heroically risen up to fight against the aliens on their home turf like they were waging like a guerrilla war against the remnants because the u because they had been like abandoned by the u.s and nato and all these other forces so i thought that was actually like a pretty cool thing uh to include Mm -hmm. to kind of keep international but that was the only good idea in that entire yeah (laughs) Yeah, there was no Will Smith punch. There's no Will Smith period. Yeah, he, he wasn't dies. punching aliens in the face. <laughs> yeah, he would have read that. the script. He would have saved it. <laughs> yeah, um, all the in the first one you see the White House blow up, which uh, you know based on yesterday's events, I'm just gonna say it's just cool because you know it, it was a cool. It was I, I appreciated the craftsmanship in that design. <laughs> it wasn't. I'm not saying I want the White House to blow up. You know, I'm just saying it was cool to see. Again, it's like the stand where it's a fantasy where like the world manages to work together. Um, the aliens are, who, who, who brought vastly superior technology are destroyed. Like Will Smith is such a good pilot. He just knows how to fly an alien ship into space. <laughs> yeah. Um, then the, the president gives an inspiring impromptu speech without like a team of 15 writers behind him, like testing every syllable of every word <laughs> before he gives it. And the best part, the president actually joins in the fight, which I mean, like it's just hilarious. So like, Trump would. Trump would try to cut try try to cut some kind of shitty deal with them. Uh, <laughs> Obama's not going to fly in a plane. And I think George Bush could actually fly planes, but he's not going to do it. And if he tried, he would have died in some like into another plane probably. What about crash you know it's that, that McCain definitely would have. <laughs> that that, that, that. <laughs> yes. they have he, that, he that drawing again, yeah. though that drawing that someone had made of like an eagle with Donald Trump with like a machine gun and he's all jacked and shit <laughs> it's like okay that, that's oh, that's yeah. what people believe or want want to believe yeah. that he is 
Yeah, there's exactly. And I mean, and Bill Clinton, I mean, he has plenty of flight experience if you catch my drift, but uh. he isn't going up either. He's not going to fight. <laughs> but the Bill Pullman character is supposed to be like a Clinton just with military yeah. experience. Like he basically yeah. is playing like, oh, everybody loves me. I'm just so great. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. Nothing is wrong. And then the aliens uh, come from nowhere. And But I would be remiss because people are going to get so pissed off at us if we talk about Independence Day, but not talk about its spiritual successor, which everyone loves, uh, Pacific Rim, which is another oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. apocalyptic mm-hmm. uh, scenario, a kaiju uh, apocalypse, a long, uh, ongoing one, and you know, I'm pretty, you know, I I, I enjoyed the movie watching. It. I've seen it in theaters. I've seen I've seen it several times, but I feel like all his movies leave me just a little bit cold. Like I'm so like I never liked them as much as I think I I'm supposed to. But I actually think the apocalypse scenario is very interesting one and cool one and a little bit lovecraftian where the kaiju are coming from like an internet like some alien planet they're like just like the they're like military drones for like some aliens they're trying to take us over through an interdimensional rift i actually i I like the apocalypse uh scenario but but i think we'd be absolutely fucked we would never build like a single (laughs) fucking what do you call it a jager we would not be like the for, to the low no big contracts to build those things like come on <laughs> i think you know yeah if, if our bombs didn't work like we would never think of the idea like well we have giant monsters why don't we build giant robots like it would, it would just be like let's just use every bomb we have and no. see what happens I, I think any any kind of uh interdimensional threat uh would be absolutely it would be absolutely over like that would be the worst yeah. case scenario there's no way we'd be able to survive that so yeah for sure yeah all right, well, uh, David, Chris, Sean, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Where can people find y'all? Oh, yeah. Thank you for having us. You can uh, find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, not to brag, but we have nine whole five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> so we're, we're, that's how you know we're a good, pa- a good podcast. Get those numbers uh, also, up, people. Go and review this yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you could, we appreciate it. We, uh, we do our regular episode, which is um, our episodes, which is different topics. We just did a three-part series on MKUltra. And we also have Patreon, uh, uh, www.patreon.com backslash guys are screwed. That's where we talk about topical stuff, the news. Uh, thank you guys for having us. We really yeah, appreciate thank it. You thank you guys so very much. much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. That was Struggle Session. Have a good one. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.